Good morning. It's good to see everyone this morning. I know that there's a lot of folks this morning quarantining and those sorts of things, and we pray for them. Hope that they can be back as quickly as possible. Um, you know, there was a time just a few months ago I didn't know anybody that had the virus, but now I know several and several um, extended family, and we know of congregations of the Lord's people who had outbreaks of various numbers, so we recognize that it's something that we need to pay attention to, and we always want to live as wisely as we can. God expects us to do that, and we need to try to safeguard ourselves from this virus as much as we can. You know, um, one of the frustrations that I've shared with some of you as being a leader of this particular congregation during this pandemic, frustration that I've had and I know others share is that you can't find the truth. You don't know who to trust and those sorts of things. When uh, you, you have a th- people in places of authority and uh, you, you listen to 10 of them and you get 10 different responses or opinions and those sorts of things. Our president, our current president, is, uh, he's coined the phrase fake news. I know that you are aware of that. And um, in context of that, I think the world will survive fake news. But you know something the world won't survive is a fake doctrine. This morning, in our lesson, I want to ask us a question. And you have, if you have the bulletin there, you'll see that there's an outline sheet there that says, Does Doctrine Matter? We're going to define what doctrine is here in just a moment. But I think it's an important question for us, given the times that we're in. But it's a question for all time, I think regardless of what dispensation of time that you find yourself living in, God's Word always mattered. God's Word will always matter. You know, the key to being recipients of God's blessing is to obey His Word. Whatever that Word was at the time. If you're Adam and Eve, you've got His Word. If you're Moses and the children of Israel, you've got His Word. If you live on the side of the cross that we live on, you've got His Word. It's what we're going to do with that Word. Are we going to believe it? Are we going to blow it off as just something of fiction, something that's not has a bearing on our postmodern way of thinking in this 21st century America? Or are we going to believe it? It's God's breathed Word. That's the question we want to examine this morning, in part. We're going to look at uh, several different aspects of doctrine and the importance of doctrine this morning. You know, tolerance would seem to rule the day in our world. That idea that I'm okay and you're okay, just don't bother me with anything. Let me go on with life and be happy the way I am. Absolute truth. I'm afraid, is oftentimes thrown out. It's not part of the equation. It's replaced oftentimes by popular or personal opinion. I think we all know that, don't we? 
You know, we've prided ourselves for years on being part and being contributors and being inventors, so to speak, of the information age. Technology is a wonderful thing. But I'm afraid, and I would submit for our consideration this morning, that we have gone from the information age to the disinformation age. And that's not a very good place to be, particularly when it comes to religion and spiritual matters. Many will say, and you've probably heard this as well, truth is not that important. It just doesn't matter to me. Don't, don't confuse me with the truth. My mind has been made up already. Doctrine means teaching. You know, we don't use that word doctrine in our, in our modern-day vocabulary much, do we? So I think we need to look at it a little bit more. Two different Greek words you'll find in the Bible and I'm going to butcher these, I know, didascalia and diadache are translated into our English word doctrine. Thayer's Greek dictionary defines these words as teaching or instruction and the doctrine which, God, which has God, Christ the Lord, or its, for its author and supporter. You know, these two Greek words... Um, are found 48 times in the New Testament. And, they're twi- and all but twice of that 48 are rendered as doctrine. You know, there are different designs in preaching. Different designs in preaching. Preaching to encourage us in what we already know and understand. Some preaching is to offer comfort. Some preaching is to exhort or to encourage Some preaching is to reprove and rebuke. But there is no more important purpose in preaching than to teach and to instruct. No matter where you find yourself on the, where you consider yourself on the Christian maturity scale, in your knowledge of God's Word, I would submit again for our thinking that we still have more insight to gain, more learning that can be applied more looking and examining God's Word so that our faith can continue to grow. I would advocate for a balance in preaching. It can't all be butterflies and roses making us feel good. We need some of those, don't we? But we also need preaching that exhorts us, preaching that steps on our toes. And I'm thankful that here in this congregation with our our minister, Brother Joel, we, we see that, and we'll continue as the eldership to continue to encourage that as well. But this teaching that instructs us and teaches us in the Word of God is sometimes referred to as doctrinal preaching. And again, many people today, even in the Lord's Church, unfortunately don't want to hear doctrinal preaching. Tell us something that makes us feel good about whatever position in, we're li- in life we find ourselves, whatever we're wanting to do, Make us feel good about that. Folks, that's not doctrinal preaching, is it? Because it goes away from God's Word. Doctrinal preaching imparts the Word of God, increases the knowledge of those who hear, defends the faith, upholds the truth, refutes error and false teaching. Again, those things are not always popular, are they, in our world where truth doesn't matter? 
it grounds people in the doctrine of Christ. Not all preaching must be doctrinal preaching, but a steady diet of non-doctrinal preaching will result in a weak, sickly congregation and individuals. It is the Word of God that is spiritual nourishment for the child of God. 1 Peter 2 and verse 2. The Bible exhorts us to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 3.18 We can't do that if we're not getting the spiritual food found in the Word of God. Four points in our lesson this morning and then it will be yours. Point number one in the question, does doctrine matter? Doctrine is important. Turn your Bibles to, in the New Testament, book of Acts chapter 2. Very familiar passage. Acts chapter 2 will be there in just a moment. The passage we want to consider in this point will be verses 38 through 41. At the very beginning of the church on Pentecost, the apostles taught and baptized. Must recognize or notice Acts chapter 2, verse 38, beginning. And I'm reading from the New King James translation. You know the scene here. On the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, a number of people had gathered. Peter and the other apostles stood up to preach. Verse 38, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For, it, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Verse 40. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse or this crooked generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and, about that, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. So we see here Christians for the first time at the, at the, gospel pre the preaching of the gospel for the first time, the Lord's church established there on the day of Pentecost. What should be done with those new converts who'd been baptized for the remission of their sins? Read on, verse 42. And they, the ones who'd been converted, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. They were tutored in doctrine even from the start of their Christian life. Did you notice that? Many people would say, well, the apostles' doctrine, that's just something that those men made up. No, if you back up earlier in chapter 2, you'll see that it was the Holy Spirit that rested upon these men. God, or Jesus had told them that was going to happen. He told them He's going to send the Holy Spirit to guide them into what? All truth. And we know from John 17, 17, God's word is truth. So we know that they weren't speaking of them from themselves. They were tutored in doctrine even from the start of their Christian life. Let me ask you this. Should it be any different now with new converts to the Lord? New converts must be taught and trained and confirmed and established and grounded in the faith. You know, that's one of the most vulnerable times in the life of a person is when they first become a Christian, isn't it? Because there's likely that decision that they made is not going to be popular with somebody that's close to them. It's going to be difficult maybe in their family, in their place of work, in their circle of friends. 
in their social interactions, all those things. That's where, they, that's where we need to come in. Those of us who are older, more mature, we need to help them along and make sure they get the proper nourishment in doctrine. That is a great preventive to falling away and will help people keep, be committed to Christ. You know, during the personal ministry of Jesus, talking about doctrine being important, you remember there towards the end of the, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. This is recorded in Matthew 7, 28 and 29. It was observed of Jesus, those who heard him realized that he spoke with authority, not as the scribes, those that they'd been listening to for years. Jesus, in contrast to them, spoke with authority. He taught the people. He delivered doctrine to the people, and he did it with authority. You know something, not all doctrine is true, for not all doctrine is based on the authority of Christ. But there is one true authoritative doctrine, singular, of Christ, as compared to many doctrines of men today. You know, there was doctrines of men in Jesus' day. The religious leaders of the children of Israel had developed for themselves, they had twisted to the point of the law of Moses where it couldn't often be recognized in its original intent. Jesus accused them there, I believe it was Matthew 15, verse 9, you're, you're, you're looking at doctrines of men instead of the word that comes from heaven. Worshiping according to the doctrines of men is vain and unacceptable to God. So we see their doctrine is important. Point number two in our lesson, doctrine is healthy. You know, we're concerned about health, aren't we? Particularly in this day and time of this pandemic, we're all concerned about staying healthy. I am too. We should because we can't do God's work. We can't live in the way we're supposed to live if we're unhealthy. And we want to maintain that. But the Word of God there, in, if you have your Bibles, turn to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. <clears throat> the Word of God speaks of sound doctrine. Titus 2 verse 1. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. How about 2 Timothy 4? Verse number 3. Paul, the inspired writer here, writing to the young man Timothy. He says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap for themselves teachers. They will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. I would submit for our thinking, that's, that's a pretty good picture of our world today, isn't it? Sound doctrine is what's important. The word means to be sound, to be well, to be in good health. You know, we go and look at a used car. We oftentimes, if we don't have any mechanical ability ourselves, we'll take it to someone who has expertise in that realm, and they'll check out the car and tell you whether or not it's sound. Is it going to be a, a good option for you? Or is it something that's just going to fall apart as soon as you drive it off the lot? We want things to be sound. 
Sound doctrine, therefore, is healthy doctrine because it promotes good spiritual health, making us sound in the faith. There is no soundness in the faith apart from sound doctrine. You know, many people in our world today religiously are sincere in what they believe and practice and teach. But unfortunately, you can't find those beliefs, practices, and teachings in the Word of God. So I would ask you, is their doctrine sound? I think you know the answer. Healthy doctrine is the food or nourishment that brings about healthy children of God. You know, that's one of the, the roles of, of leaders of our congregations, is to provide an appetite, a, a, a diet of healthy sound doctrine so that the hearers can be healthy and sound in their faith and continue to grow. Healthy doctrine is the food or nourishment that brings about healthy children of God. You know, a month or so from now, it'll be the new year. And many folks will make resolutions. One of the most popular resolutions is that of being more healthy or eating right. Those sorts of things. Several years ago, I resolved to not make resolutions because I find that I don't keep them very long. You know, lose weight, eat better, get healthy, exercise, those sorts of things all sound good on January 1st, but they, as time goes on, we realize those things are hard, and we oftentimes fall through on those. Healthy meals of meat, vegetables, and fruit but spiritually speaking, many refuse healthy doctrine and choose fast food that is easy, tasty, and filled with fat and calories. Food that provides satisfaction but little to no healthy nourishment. You know, we encourage our kids, stop eating those chips. Quit eating those soft drinks. There's no food value in those. And that's right. But how are we doing spiritually in what we're ingesting is there food value? Is there nutrition value in what we're hearing and studying? You know, it's more time-consuming, and you know this, to cook a, me a healthy meal than to go to a drive through window. More and more people are selecting the easy way. Consequently, in spiritual matters, some choose the convenient path provided by the doctrines and commandments of men rather than the study and the diligence required to know and obey the truth. So doctrine is important. Doctrine is healthy. Point number three this morning in our lesson, doctrine is preventive. Doctrine is preventive. The Apostle Paul charged Timothy to preach the word because the time would come when men would not endure sound doctrine. 1 Timothy 1, or excuse me, 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 4. Jude exhorted the disciples to contend earnestly for the faith once delivered to the saints, Jude 3. In that same passage, he warned that there were certain men who crept in unawares. Think about that for a second. Crept in unawares. We oftentimes think about a thief creeping into our house when we're not aware of it and doing damage, stealing things, and that sort of thing. To creep in unawares is to slip in secretly, literally by the side door, unnoticed. You know something, one thing I've noticed about false teachers, those who would try to spread false doctrine among the brethren, they don't come in and have on a t-shirt that says, I'm a false teacher, do they? 
They don't come in beating a drum saying, I'm here to teach you something that the Bible doesn't say or get you to think about something in a way in which the Bible doesn't intend. It doesn't happen that way, does it? False teachers don't announce their coming. Like termites, they do their damage undercover oftentimes. When they're discovered, it often means the damage is already done. When people learn doctrine, it helps them to know false teachers and to avoid those disastrous consequences of their divisive behavior. Elders, in particular, have been charged, admonished, to hold fast the faithful word that they might by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayer. Titus 1, verse number 9. Doctrine is the foundation for both. It's not simply about baptism and the church, but it's the foundation for making right decisions concerning both conduct and belief. Doctrine is that foundation, isn't it? And we know if you've ever done any building or been around any construction sites, you know that many times the most effort, the most time and uh, concern is placed into building that foundation, isn't it? You know, I'm told that uh, buildings in Manhattan, in New York City, have foundations that go down tens and hundreds of feet sometimes to hit bedrock because you can't build a skyscraper that's 80, 90, 100 stories high on sand. So much, so much goes into the foundation, and that's the same as it is with our doctrine as well. Point number four in our lesson this morning, doctrine is necessary. The Word of God connects doctrine to salvation. Doctrine is not just a hobby or a pastime. Look at Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. Paul, the inspired writer, writing to Christians in Rome, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, you have obeyed from the heart that form of what? Doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been made set, set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. The saints in Rome had obeyed doctrine. That then made them free from sin. 1 Timothy 4, verse 16. Take heed to yourself and the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Good advice for a preacher, right? I would submit good advice for us as well. We are obligated to teach the truth in order that men might be saved. It's dangerous to ignore or to transgress the doctrine of Christ. Second John verse number 9. Abide in the doctrine of Christ and enjoy the fellowship of both the Father and the Son. As we bring this to a close this morning, we know that doctrine is important. We know that doctrine is healthy. We understand that doctrine is preventive. And finally, doctrine is oh so necessary in this world today. As I said earlier, the world will survive. We'll continue to stand with fake news. 
But if we miss the true doctrine of Jesus Christ, we stand to miss so much more. And it's something that's more important than this world because it extends for eternity. I hope that you recognize the seriousness this morning and realize and through the, our study of these brief scriptures and passages that doctrine does matter. And I hope that you will think about these things this week and make application in your life. Every time we're together, we extend the Lord's invitation. It's a time when we 